Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? <laughs> same old, Musa, same old. Captivity. How are you doing? Captivity. Um, kitchen, slightly less tidy than it was. I've got to be honest and admit that. Um, oh no. Cooking is still good. Fitness levels have gone up. I'm actually doing proper exercise now, which is interesting. First time in a while. Um, writing, you out. I know. Reasonably productive on the writing front. But the funniest thing is I've been waking up at like 4am and I'm like, why is that? And then it's because I've been going to bed at 9.30 and 10. Wow. So actually, yeah, getting proper sleep. Acting your age, finally. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I'm still only sleeping six hours, so <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, yeah, it's not any good. I, so, uh, my, my, I don't know, I, I think it might be down to the lack of fresh air and sunlight, but my skin is going wild at the moment. My skin hates me. Mine is doing that as well, though. The big problem yeah. I'm having is um, dehydration. I oh, yeah, yeah, reali- I told you. Yeah, yeah you were yeah. saying, weren't you? I didn't realise how much water you just use up when you're just around the flat like I do. At my desk writing away, you just burn loads. Unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. did expect that. Quick shout, but the reason we're doing this a little bit earlier is because you and I are on the Guardian Football Weekly this week. That's right, we are indeed. Stadio Takeover. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. So we had uh, a fun Saturday evening where we had a Google Hangout with Barry Glendening and Max Rushton and Jonathan Fisher yep. watching Argentina-England from the 1986 World Cup in order to talk about it on the Guardian Football Weekly. Yeah, yeah. So we can't talk about it too much now. Yeah, not going to lie. Not the greatest game. No, it wasn't actually. Great header from Maradona. Yeah, <laughs> good leap, good leap. Very impressive. Yeah, go and check Football Weekly. But it'll be up Monday afternoon. Shout out to local brewery, microbrew, Vagabund um, Brauerei, who I got a delivery of a half case of beer just before the game. Uh, I didn't realise how quickly I went through that bottle of wine that I was drinking. And as soon as we got off the call, I realised I was actually a bit hammered. <laughs> Incredible. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't had any dinner. I'd had some snacks, I had some crisps. And I was, I was just like, oh shit, I'm actually a bit, I'm quite pissed. You've got to lie in the stomach actually. In fact, see, I've actually made some food this afternoon. Mm. So I fried all the kind of food. I fried the chilies, the onions, the garlic. Um, and it's just sitting there and the mushrooms, they're all waiting. Cause I thought, what to are myself, you making? Well, I'm making, um, it's like a Ugandan stew. And then later I'll go and add the, um, tomatoes and the, uh, chili beans. Lovely. Great food chat. Then peanut butter on top of that. And you have that on a bed of couscous. Oh, you love a bed of couscous, Musa. I do. I do love a bed of couscous. We were going to do a themed one today, but we're not because we're going to do them back to back. So we're going to do one will go up Thursday and then the follow-up will go on Monday. Should we tell people what they are? Yeah, why not? All right, so we're going to compile two 11s over two episodes. The first one is going to be the all-time ultimate supervillain 11. So some, sure. of the, some of the baddest bastards in football ever. But they have exactly. to be in their positions. They can't just have 11. And we're going to have a manager, and they, we're going to pick a home ground as well where they'd play. For sure, yeah. So anyone that's a fan of like the Marvel movies or the DC movies... Imagine you're like, yeah, imagine you're like super villain, like you're Thanos. Who is the Thanos of football? Put it that way. Yeah. So we're going to go to that level. And then we're going to do a follow-up, which will be the super, the ultimate superhero 11. And then we're going to talk about who would win. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. It's going to be so much fun, actually. Creating completely pointless podcasts for everyone. That's content. They call it content these days. That's oh, the don't use that word. It's too late. I've got a real thing about that word. <laughs> that's why I use it. But yeah, so football update. 
since we were last on air, well, first of all, really sad news about Peter Whittingham passed away at 35 after a fall. Awful. Really awful. Obviously, thoughts are with his family and friends. Uh, such terrible news. There's been some amazing tributes written about him. Yeah. There was a really good piece on The Guardian, which had loads of quotes from people who had worked with him and played with him. But yeah, it's really sad. Um, in other news, the Premier League has announced that they will extend the season indefinitely, which I think is quite a sensible move. What do you think about it? I think it's brilliant because it puts to bed immediately all the potential legal arguments coming out of this. And the great thing about it is by the time they resume the season, players will have been rested equally well. Yeah. And I, frankly, these players have been absolutely crying out for rest, some of them. And so then what it allows is it allows you to finish the season and then have a fairly short, a shorter break mm. for the next season. So you can actually restart sooner. Uh, what, would be really, what would be really smart, I think, is to have maybe an extended halfway point of the season yeah. Because they could argue, actually, okay, you've been off for this long, make the transfer window shorter in the summer, but we'll allow you to start discussing deals and stuff quite early, if that yeah. makes sense. So like, maybe we'll open the transfer window early or whatever, or maybe shorten it by two weeks, but actually give you like a longer period half of the season. And then we'll just run it on normally again from the start of next. The contract side of it is interesting. I do wonder if there will be some kind of uniform extension for contracts the, the difficulty is Ryan you've got those multiple jurisdictions yeah you know South America Europe and then like it's going to be very hard to find a standardised solution um, and the, the problem is unfortunately you will have players missing out on their dream move this is the really sad thing about this yeah unless there's a thing in there that maybe they they do a global agreement I mean a global agreement make it sound like it's a really easy thing to do but you know almost like a just a sportsman's like or a sporting agreement between everyone all federations yeah although the problem you have then though is that obviously the calendars don't run parallel a lot of the time anyway so maybe you'll have to just be i don't know say for example with the premier league there'll just be a thing saying right we everyone accepts that their extension of their contract if they were out of contract at the end of the year their contract or at the end of the season sorry their contract is just automatically extended until the end of the season. It would be really interesting to speak to someone who's an actual like football contract lawyer because I wonder if the wording within the contracts maybe makes this possible anyway because I do wonder whether they actually whether the contracts say right you are contracted until June 2020 for example or if it's worded the end of the 2019-2020 season then it doesn't matter when that finishes. Yeah, that's true actually. Oh, there's also this like, force majeure thing. There's also yeah. the, um, I mean, actually, the force majeure wouldn't apply because the season is being extended. So it's interesting, though. Yeah, it is very interesting. Maybe we should dig around for that. If anyone knows, then feel free to tweet us because that would be really a really useful thing to know. We have a couple of listeners who are in the corporate world still, actually. I think. Oh, really? We could probably uh, probably ask them. Yeah, we're lucky. We're very clever listeners. We do, we do, we do indeed, we do indeed. Far cleverer than the two people hosting this podcast. <laughs> with, with the ultimate catfish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we dive into some questions? Because there, there are some cool ones. Let's do it. All right, first one from at Johnny Dobbo on Twitter. He says, just one question. How are you doing, lads? All all right? Oh, what a lovely question. He's, he's a lovely man. 
is a lovely man. I'm doing all right. Thanks, Johnny. Hope you're doing all right as well. Me too. Thanks, Johnny. You're a lovely man. Thank you. Yeah, we've already heard about Moose's, <laughs> Moose's oh, isolation life. Oh, God. I so Moose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's go for Cheeky Ball Boys, who I, I assume Bob is still on his road trip across the States, right? <laughs> yes, Odyssey across America. Yeah. He sent us a great picture the other day on Twitter, a picture of his dogs looking really sad in the car. And he was just like, you know, when they t- when you tell the dogs that there's no stadio until Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Bob and his partner, Danielle, are currently traveling across um, America, moving to, I think, Pennsylvania oh, yeah. with, with two pugs who are slowly getting wise to this trip <laughs> and are in a gradual state of mutiny. Yeah, they're like, hang on a minute. Yeah, exactly. This isn't what you told us. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. Sorry, Back on so- the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Off the back of our little food chat earlier, Bob says, which footballers do you think have the most skills in the kitchen and what might their signature dish be? I like this question. I like it a lot. I would say maybe a footballer who's moved away from home fairly early and lived in multiple places. I think Clarence Sadoff's a pretty good cook. Ooh. Do you, do you know why? If you think all the places that he's lived and he's always been... The fact that Sadoff moved from Ajax to Genoa and then Madrid... This is a man that like gets around and does his own thing. You can imagine Sadoff shopping for his own fish at the market. You know what I mean? You can imagine oh, yeah, him doing yeah. his, yeah, yeah. I think Sadoff is the guy. And I think he does a ridiculous gumbo. Like wow. a ridiculous gumbo. That's my shout, Clarence Sadoff. Hmm. This is a really good question. That's Bob for you. Hmm. All right. I don't know why this person has popped into my head as like my first one, but I get the impression that Fred is a pretty good cook. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I have no idea why Fred. Fred was the first person who popped in my head then. I think Fred would be a great cook. Do you know why? Because he's a smoothie and he's a real charm. Have you seen that like famous video when Fred, they call him Don Fredon in Brazil. Really? The, yeah. There's a famous story when he's a, like, um, he stops at a traffic light and this very attractive fan of his football team is talking to him and they start chatting. And just, oh my God, you're Fred, you're Fred. And he's basically just like schmoozing her at a traffic light. And it's a really famous moment. I remember thinking... That's the kind of man that probably prides himself on cooking really well. You know, there are certain dudes who are like, I'm the romancer. I'm the kind of like, I think he's that kind of dude. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, a, that's a good shout, actually. I'm trying to think who else would be a really good cook. I mean, I mentioned him for most things, but I think, I imagine Jabby Alonso can cook pretty well. I can even imagine how he cooks. Yeah. Shirt sleeves rolled up. Yeah, exactly. I can imagine him like filleting a fish or something. I just get the impression Jabby Alonso is really good at most things. Yeah. He's one of those dudes. I like that question. Great question. I mean, if you're going football executives, then obviously I reckon Delia Smith is worth a shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's one from Kunle Ajayo, but I think we might have to do this after a break because this is a big question. Okay. Right. Let's do one from Jazz Tahara. Shouts to Jazz. If you had to pick between Baggio, Burkamp, Ronaldinho, Cruyff, Maradona, Ozil, Platini, or Laudrup at peak powers, to be your number 10 in a game, who are you picking? Can I first answer that? Jazz, why do you hate us? Why do you hate us? Oh, oh, they're having a nice, quiet Sunday afternoon. Let me scramble their brains. Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) In its own way, given the context, the isolation, the fact we're going to be left alone with that question, is perhaps the nastiest question I've been asked on this podcast. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, it has to be Cruyff for me. Just because I lo- Ronaldinho was the most devastating 10 I've ever seen. Like the most innovative, brilliant, breathtaking. Cruyff could sew an entire team together. 
I mean, that's the thing. I love Ronaldinho, but if you cut off the attack from midfield, the um, the supply from midfield, you could nullify the entire front line. I think that's true of the other people. But Cruyff had the unique ability to be able to drop between the centre-backs and bring it right out like Effenberg or Guardiola or anyone else. And that's why I put him there. Not because he is the best 10 of all time. It's because that he would be the one that would be the most adaptable to whatever kind of coverage you threw at him. So that's why it's Cruyff for me. I'm going to be really boring here and completely agree with you. Does that make sense though, my reasoning though? Oh, 100%. I mean, you don't have to, you, don't, you could have just said Cruyff and I would have agreed. Just because, just because, you know what I mean? Like as much as I love the others, I've seen enough games where brilliant number 10s get frozen out just because everyone just clamps down and throws two defence midfielders in the hole in front of them yeah. and through no fault of their own, they're nullified. Whereas Cruyff would hurt you from anywhere. He'd hurt you from anywhere. He'd start playing one-twos with the left-back and you'd be like, what's he doing there? A bit like what Messi did in the Champions League final um, 2015 when there's nobody to mark. When like um, Arturo Vidal basically gets a red card, no, not red card, gets a yellow card out of frustration because there's no one to press. Messi just goes out on the flank and just starts smacking the ball across field. So I think that Messi is the closest in terms of what Cruyff would be at peak powers and that's why it's Cruyff for me. I think Frankie de Jong will eventually be the most Cruyffian player since Cruyff if he progresses, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and then Cruyff for me is, I mean, he's probably my favourite player of all time. So yeah. I'm glad we agreed on that because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't deal with an argument right now, Musa. <laughs> Let's have a couple of quick, quick ones before we go to a break. This one's from uh, Jaggio321 on Twitter. He says, would you have ever thought you would have an old man from Tallahassee, Florida as a fan? Hashtag day after 48th birthday tweeting. Hashtag old man tweeting. Oh, that is, oh my goodness. First, I mean, 48 is not old for starters, but. No age. Yeah, at the same time though, that's what a lovely, lovely question. And honestly, if you told me that people would listen to us on the other side of the world prattle on about football, I'd have said, unless they're my relatives. And even then, absolutely not. I mean, I, I wouldn't even imagine people down the street listening to us or let yeah. alone across the other side of the world. So yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, that's really moving. And one of the reasons that I um, didn't start a podcast for so long was like, what the hell have I got to say? Who's going to listen to anything I've got to say? This was like why I delayed a podcast for years. And then I came along, Moose. Yeah, you've got to meet someone else equally delusional. That's the key. Swept you off your feet. <laughs> Into captivity. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do a couple more questions. Sure thing. All right, we're back from the break. Let's carry on with some questions. We've got one from our good friend, Mash St. Paddy on Twitter. Mash, how goes it? That's my shout out, isn't it? He can't, he can't hear him respond, man. Why, why do we keep doing this? Because he feels this? it. He feels it in his soul. That's what it's for. Hope you feel it, Mash. <laughs> he says, football has a rare chance to breathe and take stock during its re- enforced absence. Upon its return, what one change would you make to the game moving forward? I would change the viewing times. Basically, if you're a travelling supporter, I'd fix um, kickoff times. So there was always there were always at least two options to travel back. So after full time, there were at least two trains wherever you were going to to get reasonable travel back to yours. Because that to me is the one of the big problems. And the reason I, that would be my change would be I think that's a kind of um, 
the treatment of away fans, match-going fans, is is symptomatic of the contempt that football clubs a lot of the time have for for football. Uh, for yeah, the support. I agree. So yeah. if you fix that, that's the first change you make. It will open all other kinds of conversations. It'll be like, wait a minute, if we if we care that much about welfare, let's dig a bit deeper into this, this, this. Then all of a sudden, you get like better representation on boards and so and so because they'll start seeing real impacts. If you make um, it easier for people to travel to games, it will have all these unexpected, you know, to use Kunlaer Jo's point, butterfly effect uh, elements as a result of that. So that's that's my that's my change. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I think the thing that I would change is this. It's not really a one one specific element. It's more of a a kind of a vibe or a mindset, and this this incessant need for constant financial growth and overconsumption. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I would hope that top level clubs and governing bodies around the world now have realised that you know they're not invincible. It can't just always be more, more, more. And that the responsibility that they have isn't just to regular Champions League clubs or clubs who want a former European Super League. It's everything. And therefore, how much is enough? You know, in terms of this, there's always this constant exploiting new markets or trying to put growth here. And that becomes the priority, like you said in your thing, like, you know, over match going fans, but fans in general. Just because you're not a match going fan doesn't mean you're any less of a fan. Right. So you're a different kind of fan. Yeah, exactly. And I would really love for there to be a change in ideology and approach now at the top level of the game. Yeah. Make decisions that are more humane, make decisions that are more prioritising the future health as well as the current health of the game at all levels. Here's the funny thing. It's probably impractical, but if, it's, if we're really going to go utopian and say, what change would you make? Imagine a 50 plus one rule everywhere, a global 50 plus one rule. It would be, if, in a utopian world, it wouldn't happen. I mean. Yes, but also the 50 plus one rule isn't perfect. No. So therefore it can limit like newer growth of clubs. I mean, I like, I like the idea of that or like clubs being majority fan owned again. I do like that. It's just, you just can't do it because they're all in private ownership. Yeah. You know, we were talking about legal battles involved earlier in potential contract stuff yeah. because of the coronavirus. I think the legal ramifications or complications of taking clubs out of p- private ownership. Yeah. It's it's super tricky. And I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want to change a club's essential character. Like some clubs are quite happily, they're quite happy being privately owned, you know? A lot of it is, is cultural with the 50 plus one rule. It's like uh, terracing in stadiums. Yeah. A lot of people look to Germany as an example of how terracing should just be back everywhere. But also you can smoke and drink in stadiums, the majority of stadiums in Germany. But people have been used to that for generations and therefore it's not perfect. And yeah, there are always a few bad apples within any gathering of human beings but it doesn't really get abused as much as you imagine that it would potentially do in England because of just patterns of behavior yeah because of the cultural element or the cultural relationship that people have with alcohol here for example you know you can walk up down the street drinking a beer and no one's going to hit you with the bowl yeah well someone might but you know on the whole I'm obviously talking in generalization terms here it's because we go we live in such a sort of permissive society here by comparison to a lot of big Western democracies, isn't it? We don't have ticket barriers when you go to like get on the train. Yeah, yeah. There's no ticket barriers. Yeah. You, you, there's never a time when you're you can't get a beer. There's always an off license open within like 800 meters any any time of the week, right? 
And there's always a place you can get a late night beer. There's no such thing as the closing hours. So all of those factors, those three factors in particular, more permissiveness, that leads to a situation where I've always believed that if a society gives you more, you're less likely to abuse. Yeah, I agree. And this is what we're seeing, this, but not to get too much into politics and stuff, and we won't. But if you have a society that basically you're being squeezed the whole time, it creates this sort of winner-takes-all mentality. Yeah. Because you're not, like, whenever, when, the, when the Black Friday riots happened, everyone was like laughing, going, oh, look at those people. I was like, well, yeah, it looks funny on TV. But at the same time, these people who've never got to enjoy a lot of them, big discounts, like they've been squeezed financially for so long, and now they're just kind of going wild because it's like, wow, a chance to actually buy that thing not even for myself, but for someone that I haven't been able to do a chance to actually treat people, to treat myself, treat my family. Mm. Um, So yeah, you're right. The cultural reasons behind that change wouldn't really work. Let's move on to this one. I think this might take us till the end, to be honest. Let's go for it. From Kunle Ajayo. Oh gosh. If the guys would have a league of 20 teams from any footballing era, which teams would be there? Okay. First of all, let me just quickly get a pen and paper. This is a big one. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. We're just going to do men's teams, right? Because I think it's, that's, it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah, it's true, actually. It's true, it's true. All right, can I just throw the obvious one out there first? Yeah. Peps Barca. Okay, yeah, of course, absolutely. Peps Barca, number one. Ajax, 95. Oh, I was going to go 70 to 73. You can have both of them. Let's stick with 95 for now. They both belong there, Ryan. Let's stick with 95 for now. Okay. So you're writing these down, right? Yeah, I am, absolutely. Okay. All right, my turn. I'm going to go with, huh. can they be international as well? Or I suppose that's a bit weird. Let's keep it club Clubs teams club for now. Sides, yeah. What a question. Wow. I'm going to go with Klopp's Dortmund that went to the final. Oh, wow. Okay. That team was so much fun. That Dortmund side was one of my favourite sides ever, actually. That side, man. Beautifully flawed. They had the juice. That is such a romantics choice, actually. I love that you've chosen them. Well, you know me, mate. A little old romantic. Let me choose a romantic team as well, then. Hey, we need a diverse league, though. No, that's right. I think, I think, I think every team has to be beautiful. I'm sorry to be... Well, not, not beautiful, but in a certain type of... Are we going to call it... We're going to call it Liga Aesthetica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could have teams that are brutally efficient and effective, but I don't really... If I've got to be... Well, that's, well that's, it doesn't matter. Okay, Come on. Okay, so... What was that team that was so beautiful, but didn't fully get what it deserved? There's quite a few of those. Man, I'm an Arsenal fan. How long you got? Yeah, true, true, true. This is a little bit Bill Simmons, this question. It is. I like it. The Deportivo team that nearly won, but didn't. Oh. When Beto missed the penalty. I mean, that actually, then again, then again actually, that's not true. The team that won, the Deportivo won the league was actually better. The Deportivo team that came back on the league when they had two lots, they had basically two 11s who were equally good. That Deportivo, that's the one. Yep. That's huge. Who have we got now? Let's do a recap. Peps Barca, 95 Ajax, 2013 Dortmund, Deportivo, title winning Deportivo. Oh, this is tricky. This is so good. This is so much fun. I know I'm going next. <laughs> okay, I'm going... Late 80s, early 90s, AC Milan. Yes, perfect. Amazing. Yep, no dispute there. I mean, you can explain if you like, but I think it's self-evident. Oh, just the sweet spot of, you know, Peak Van Basten, Hullet, Rijkaard. Perfection. Baresi, and then that new school coming through as well, like Maldini. Perfection. And I think, was Costa Curto already there at that point? Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, Albertini in midfield. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go in with Red Star Belgrade, 91. 
Keeping the hipsters happy. Listen, it is what it is. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to Red Star. Okay, so now we've got... Six. Milan. Okay, wow. I mean, Real Madrid. Got to put Real in there, the 59, the 56 to 60 Real Madrid. Puskas and Di Stefano. Yeah, I mean... That just has to, self-evident, yeah. but... So what have we got now? Let's do a recap. Pets Barca, Ajax 95, Dortmund, Deportivo, AC Milan, Red Star, Real Madrid. Wow. I mean, that's substantial. I would like to put 1990 Manchester United, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you should put that Because in. of the treble. All right, I'm going to go 95, 96, 97 Juve. I'm glad you went there. What, the three straight Champions League finals? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's extraordinary. That's a great shout. I'm glad you said them. You know, obviously that was, they had that year when they came up against Ajax as well. That was an unbelievable sweet spot for Juventus as well. That was a great team. They talk about teams mm. not retaining, but I think that Juventus team was greater than the Real team that won three straight. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I do agree, actually. I, I, uh, we're going to, this is a can of worms, but I have a lot of question marks about that three straight me, Real Madrid side. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of people do, actually. And I think it's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher how they did manage to win three European Cups. Yeah. I would say they weren't as good as the, um, the Real that ended up going, the 2000 Real. I don't think they were as good as the side that won the Decima either. No, me neither. Me, Ancelotti's. No. Me neither. Me neither. Oh, I can feel the heat already coming back from people. Ha ha ha. It is. It is. They've still got the trophies. They'd have to, listen, we're still saying, you've still got the trophies. Like, what do you Yeah, and we've got, you what know, you, hindsight. What? Hindsight is an amazing thing yeah, what, when you're doing a podcast about greatest teams. Yeah, what do they care? Arsenal 2004. Although I actually think Arsenal 2006 was the best side. I'd, I'd say maybe the 2002 double side. Yeah, okay. 2002 Arsenal because we looked at that team and I was like I remember saying to my friends I was like I don't know what we're going to do with these lot and this is actually I want to have a shout for Palmer yes do you know what it's really funny you said that because I was thinking about Palmer 93, 94 Palmer they I mean they ended up and don't, they went on that run where they had when they won the uh, UEFA Cup final 3-0 was it 92, 93 um, I, I don't know which year that was but they were or the Cup winners couple the UEFA Cup final they beat Royal Antwerp in 93 no, yeah, in 93 in the final and then Arsenal beat them in 94. I think the team I'm talking about was slightly later. Oh, are you thinking of the side that won the UEFA Cup in 95? Have I gone too late? Yeah, I think it's ni- yeah, 99 Palmer. 99 Palmer? Buffon, Turam, Cannavaro, Dino Baggio, Veron, Crespo, Chiesa. Oh, why? Okay. That is monstrous. That is monstrous. 99 Palmer, I would say. That's really interesting because I thought you were referring to the mid, the early to mid nineties Palmer with Zola Aspria, who were amazing, and I loved that Palmer team. But to me, the ninety nine Palmer was the final evolution of that. It was like if you look at who came through in ninety nine and how amazing Juve had to be to keep them at bay. Yeah, do you know what that side at that period of football as well? I think makes a lot more sense. I think you're right. Does that make sense? That's the only reason. I- yeah, I think if you're going to pick one of those three Palmer sides yeah. from the 90s, I think you'd go with that one. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I, to be honest, I completely, when you mentioned Palmer, the first one I thought of was that 93, 94 side. Yeah. Weirdly. I can't, but I'm a bit annoyed at myself that I forgot the 99 side. I just feel like, but there are some teams that have been so great that it's almost like they, you know, they went on a run for 10 years, Palmer, didn't they? Yeah. So who, who have we got now? Let's do a recap. So Pep's Barca, yep. 95 Ajax, 2013 Dortmund. Title winning Deportivo, early 2000s. AC Milan, Red Star, 91. Early Real Madrid. 
99 United, Juve, so the three straight Champions League finals, 96, 98, uh, Arsenal 2002, and Parma 1999. So that's 11. I think there needs to be a South American team here. The problem is I don't know them all well, but um, having said that, I would like to include the Santos team who won the Intercontinental Cup. I think it was twice. Pele Santos. Well, but then they had Pepe and Coutinho up front as well, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. Um, Pele Santos of the early 60s. Because yeah, they, were, they, they were coming through and just cleaning house. Do you know what? One of them is worth picking, Ryan. A team that never actually won what it deserved, but if they base had a small squad that never got injuries, they could go on and run and win the whole thing. A Cinderella, a Cinderella team. Juan de Ramos, Sevilla. Mm. The one that comes to mind is Danielson's Betis. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that very much. The only one I would throw in there, even as a comparison, would be George Ware era Paris Saint-Germain with Rio Vera and David Ginola. I mean, yeah, fuck it, put it in. It's fun. So let's put Danielson's Betis. Yeah. PSG with Weir. Yeah. Do you want to put Juan de Ramos' Sevilla in there as well? Yeah, you have to. It's so spicy. All right, put it in there. <laughs> put it in, put it in. Let's put Klopp's Liverpool. This one, the new one. Yep. Yeah. Last two years. Oh, do you know what? D- dude, we need to put um, 73 to 76 Bayern in there. Bold to put them and not Ajax in. Very bold. They'll come for you. Let's put both. Partly wanted the spice of not including them. <laughs> what, the Ajax? No, you've got to put, yeah, you can't have this league without Cruyff in. I know, I'm being, exactly. That's why I'm being, I'm being mean. I'm being, yeah. I'm being, right, so early 70s Ajax, mid 70s Bayern. Oh my goodness, we're not even putting in early 80s Liverpool. Dude, wow, they'll come for us. They'll come for us. I'd come for us. All right, let's put early 80s Liverpool in as well, because we ha- I did think about it. If we don't put them in, they'll come for us. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I think we might be cancelled after this anyway. All right, let's do a recap. That's How not, many have we got it's 19, now? It's 19. Just one more. Are we going to do Eusebio's Benfica? We have to, don't we? Yeah, we have it. to. Right. So, Musa Kwango, would you like to recap our? We we got to twenty. Yeah, we did. That's amazing. We got to twenty. Our European Super League. We've done it. Okay. So no, it's our it's our it's our World Super League. World Super League are in there. So we break away. That, no, do you know what? I think we're officially going to call this the greatest league ever of all time. Of all time. Come at us. <laughs> <laughs> Come at us. Chat shit, get facts. <laughs> this is the, the chat shit, get facts league. Exactly. We should call, use the abbreviation CSCF. <laughs> CSCF. It even sounds official, doesn't it? The CSCF. That's amazing. It even sounds like the kind of place you've got headquarters in Switzerland. Doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Okay. No, we wouldn't, get, we wouldn't have it in Switzerland. I think we'd have it. Uh, Cologne. No, I think, we, I think we'd be in Lisbon. Oh, I like that. Okay, perfect. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's the 20. Pep's Barca, 95 Ajax, 2013 Dortmund, Deportivo title winners in the early 2000s, I think it's 02, AC Milan, late 80s, early 90s, 91 Red Star, early Real Madrid, 99 Man United, 96-98 Juventus, 2002 Arsenal, 99 Parma, early 60s Santos, Pele Santos, Danielson's Betis, George Ware's PSG, Juan de Ramos Sevilla, Klopp's Liverpool, Early 70s Ajax, mid 70s Bayern, early 80s Liverpool, and 20 Eusebio's Benfica. That Mike drop is tasty. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is a league of thirst. The league of thirst. That is such a beautiful league, actually. Like the games you'd have, the, the football you'd see. Because these are all teams that like playing football. Oh, man. I, I really need to go and have a lay down after that. That's beautiful, actually. That's a beautiful collection of football teams. Thanks again, Kunlay, for the. We have to start crediting Kunlay with like some executive production role, like Shug Knight. Exactly. <laughs> Should we wrap? Let's do it.
thanks to everyone who tuned in. We hope you're all safe and well and enjoying some social distancing and self-isolation and washing your hands and all sorts. Anything else to add, Musa Okwanga? No, you got it, Ryan. It's all good. We'll be back later in the week. Just a quick reminder, if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and a review. It really helps us grow the podcast. Also, we're on Twitter at Stadio. We're on Instagram at Stadio Football. The website is stadio.football. There's a couple of things up there from last week from Musa. I'm actually going to start writing some stuff this week. I'm sorry. I've been a bit, been a bit slack on that. But yeah, two really good pieces from Musa last week. I recommend going and read them. And yeah, we're playing out this week. Relatively new thing by Midori Hirano, track called November. It's off the album Invisible Island. Recommend going and buying it if you can. Nice kind of mellow, home listening, self-isolation soundtrack. Uh, anything to add? Um, only to say the response to the last podcast, given it was quite conceptual, there wasn't actually football. Oh, the what is? Yeah. absolutely mind-blowing, not just in terms of the response on Twitter, but the subsequent response... Um, from people commenting on how they enjoyed the podcast. And it really gave me so much uh, confidence and happiness to know that people are like, actually right now, stuff like this is, is really valuable. And it really, it means a lot to know that uh, it's contributing to people's happiness at a difficult time like this. So yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're definitely going to roll out a few more of those what ifs. Yeah. Don't worry. I feel like we're going to have a lot of time. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, that's it. And then we'll see you in a couple of days. Cool. Catch you soon. Thank you.